Hey everybody, this is Tony P, host of the Geek vs. Podcast, and I want to welcome you to Polyhedron. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan. We know this isn't your first try at saying that. I know. And Scott. The listeners may not know. But we, but we do. Know. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Indeed. But anyway, Dragon Con was a thing. Holy shit, man. Uh, you can tell that we haven't had an episode in a while. <laughs> yeah, well, we were at Dragon Con, I and hope, then we used that as an episode. I hope everyone enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, we was, had a lot of fun doing it. It was certainly a little bit off our uh, off our format or our yeah. kilter for a little bit, just because we had other people on the in the room with us, essentially. But we got into it pretty oh, quickly. I think we got into it pretty good. And the other guys had some really good insights, some really good stories. It's interesting to sort of see how other tables or other gaming groups... Do things because it's not all uni- it's um, not all uniform. And um, just you know, for funsies, we did experience how vicious mockery does their shit today because we played with them. We <laughs> did indeed, and yes, that was uh, a that was fun. That, that's some little we can jump right into the news and talk about Dragon Con. And this is uh, we're partnering with Vicious Mockery for sort of their mid season break. Um, we're doing sort of a spinoff one shot sort of th- situation. We're going to die. <laughs> we are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Tech- check Vicious Mockery out. They are very mature in their audience and content, so beware mature of that. Mature is one way to put it. It is puerile. Yeah. We are, <laughs> I was being polite. We are We are all. No, we're all. I mean, it's a proper D&D table. Like, if you want to hear some proper Dungeons & Dragons being played, these episodes will be it for you. We'll link them when they're ready to go. Oh, yeah. We'll let you know when they're out. It's going to be a little while before they're out. But, but we'll certainly sync up our announcements yes. for when it comes out. But it was fun. I played, I played a Sosera. I'm I'm a fighter. Uh, I'm a cleric, and I he he. Yeah, you really should be get on that healing. Uh, you guys are fucked. Yeah, dude. I that, have not been harmed. Dude, that yet. ridiculous cat man is gonna die. He dies. Okay, he dies. he's fine. Okay, all right, all right, that's <laughs> now you fine. realize who it was. I was like, yeah. he dies. He dies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. I mean, hopefully you can get get your problem solved. But anyway, yes, I had a very truncated Dragon Con experience. Yeah. Um, I was only there for Friday night, and it was okay. Yeah, it was fun. I was in bed before midnight, three out of the four nights. That's not no. Okay, that's not true. I was in bed two out of the night. Two nights I was in bed before midnight. One night I stayed up till about four a.m. You know, partying down real good, and then Sunday night I was up until like maybe one thirty. Yeah, it, it, it. Our experience is becoming slightly different than a younger person's Dragon Con because. Well, we just can't do it anymore. Having having the room to go back to is probably like that's that's pro shit, man. I can't, <laughs> I couldn't have survived it otherwise. I'm just not. I don't have it like I used to. Yeah, I got to uh, I got to talk to a lot of people after the panel. I went to another panel. Uh, I did something really interesting. The next day, I did the uh, panel called the next top moderator, and yours truly won. Woo! Yeah, I know that's crazy, right? So and there was like, mean? and there was like more than judges than he could have probably paid off. So <laughs> uh, yeah, there. Originally, I thought there were only two judges. There were six. Oh shit! And how many? How many contestants were there? Three. There were supposed to be four. One never showed up. Like ah. I was supposed to be the fourth one, and one of them never showed. So it was between us and three guys. Um, I barely won out. Um, one guy got one vote. The other guy got two of the votes. I happened to get the last three of the votes. I mean, hey, you got you ran half the panel. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah, that was just a that was just a bunch of horseshit. That's what okay. it was. Because each how it works is each of the judges is given randomly between each of the thing 
a random note of this is the type of uh, this is the type of panelist you need to be. One guy was like, say nothing but inappropriate things. Mm-hmm. One was you have an axe to grind. The another guy is be a personable, reasonable person. <laughs> just be a reasonable person. That's your character. <laughs> that, that's your character. And he would switch them up between, so we never knew who was doing what. It's utter madness. They're like, yeah, on a normal panel that you would moderate, if you got one of these guys, that's kind of a shit show. Trying to, this is about surviving, not actually controlling anything. Oh, so, so this was this was done for entertainment purposes, basically. But it's also there to show like how do you deal with the pressure and stress the reason i i mostly wanted out i think the guy who went before me had a little more eloquent way of uh, approaching and talking to people the reason i won out is because i got the audience involved i specifically said let's take questions from the audience ah. and then the audience got in on the joke ah. and started being the most most wacko hey the first guy i i went to he 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 did the this isn't so much a question as, as a, a story, story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. Oh man. So so it's basically you were Did we have one of those at our panel? Yes, we yeah. did. Like twice. We, I mean we were there, we No, were, we were asking for we it. We were asking for it legitimately. Yeah. But yeah, no, the um that's cool. So what what uh, what what prizes? Okay, so what what delicious the big, the goodies? Big phys- the biggest physical prize I got was a really good battery charger. That was just the minor Oh, okay. The biggest reward I'm getting is probably next year, very likely, I will be asked to moderate a couple other panels at Dragon Con of of some variety, Give likely the podcasting track. Um, and so I'll actually be talking to other podcasters and other people and directing conversations. And likely, if that does well, I'll be able to ask to do more and more high profile and just keep growing from there. And then you get to moderate moderate for celebrities. Yes, yeah, that's actually he said that was the potential for to happen eventually down the line. You can experience John Barrowman's body, <laughs> his, <laughs> like his delicate charisma. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the funny thing because the previous DragonCon, I had to edit that entire show mm-hmm. for DragonCon TV because my boss Chris mm-hmm. uh, Crispy, you would know him as Crispy, was the one being fondled by John Barrowman. <laughs> delightful yeah <laughs> so it was super rad we got a, um also if everyone's listening to the previous episode and this episode you'll hear uh an introduction from some of the other podcasters that were at dragon con mm-hmm. because i was able to have my recording equipment i got a couple of them to actually come down and give us an intro which That's i fantastic. really appreciate so i got a couple of the, more of those just to throw but out anyway there. so and i'm sure i'm sure much debauchery and fun were have that's yeah. not suitable for the podcasts at all. I had my neck inappropriately licked. That's unfortunate. Yeah. It was. That's patron content. We'll talk about that yeah. later. But anyway, so news. News, news, news. There isn't a whole bunch. We had Gen Con before Dragon Con. We already talked a lot about probably some stuff that was going to happen at Gen Con. Congratulations to whoever got their uh, Kickstarter funded this one time. Yes, congratulations. Uh, I, I'll actually fill that little bit in. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, something I just backed uh, was a game called Inhuman Conditions, mm. uh, which is it's kind of a halfway between a card game and a board game and a role playing game. Mm. It's basically the Voight Comp test from Blade Runner. Ooh, neat! Uh, where one person is an investigator, the other person can can be either a human, a patient robot, or a violent robot. And you know, they're all the 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 human and the patient robot are trying to pass. As well, they're trying either the human's just trying to be a human, right. and the robot's trying to pass as a human. The violent robot is trying to 
uh, achieve a list of conditions that will allow the, allow them to kill the investigator. Uh, that's rad. I will totally play. Oh, that. don't worry. I when when I get it in, I've got a couple. Of, I've actually got a couple of two player um, games like that that, that go in, ra- in quick rounds. I'll probably set up a streaming date for that. Yeah, so we that should we can totally just get a group that. together and play a bunch of two player games in quick succession. Yeah. Yeah, with the spooky times coming, we're probably going to, uh, Murph is probably going to want to do a 10 candles thing, too. Yeah, that's cool. I'm totally down with trying to record or do something with that, if you guys want. That's yeah. what we, we were hoping to do. Yeah, right? yeah um, we'll, we'll figure something out. Uh, the other big news that we saw this Friday was Geek and Sundry released their official LA by night uh, live play of, or actual play of, Vampire 5th Edition. Indeed. With I our good friend Jason Carl indeed. as the ST. Friend of the show. Uh, yeah, Matthew and I, I believe we both watched it, and holy God, it was good. Was the blood roused? It was quite roused. They um, they were no-nonsense. So I like Critical Role, but there's a lot of players, and they get kind of, like, jokey with each other all the mm-hmm. time. These guys... Some stern-faced motherfuckers. No, was, no. It, no, so here's what it was. They, I think, I'm pretty sure that they've got, like, voice actors as well. Yes. Uh, uh, the Nosferatu is an actual actor in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah, I think I might have recognized him. Um, but they have like people with some acting chops. Um, but there's four of them, and it's a much the tone of the game is much more different. Yeah. So they they get they get a little funny every now and then. Yeah. But they're mostly in it to win it as far they as are playing, playing their some damn vampire. Uh, they did a marvelous job. This is and I give Jason Carl all the credit for doing this. There's four players. You at the beginning of the stream, you only saw three of them. They introduce the fourth one later because of the situation they're in. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll talk more about it in Patreon yeah. content. We don't want to go too terribly deep into it. But if you but want to hear more really, about it. it's really, really good. It's worth the Twitch or Alpha sub uh, subscription mm-hmm. um, just because, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're a Twitch subscriber to Geek and Sundry, you can watch the vi- the VODs. Uh, or you can go to their, their actual app called Alpha and you'll be able to actually just watch them whenever they come. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. So, but anyway. On to the meat of our topic. Meat of the topic. So, we've been discussing this for a while, and obviously we've been playing it for a while now. Uh, Aeon uh, and the Trinity Continuum. It's happening, guys. And, yeah, we're, we're going to do our actual review of the preview material that has mm-hmm. on So, that, is, that should be noted first and foremost, is that what we're talking about is the material that was released to Kickstarter backers in a very raw, unedited form. Table starts here, sort of stuff. Yeah, table starts here. There's not, there's no art. There's no anything like that. It's, a, it's just a big PDF. It's pure text, uh, and it's like it's got bookmarks. It's got bookmarks. It's very easy to navigate, uh, but it's not a finished product. Um, so, so we're going to be that, talking should, about it. Yeah, we're going to be talking about it as is. And when they release the the final version, we'll probably talk a little bit about it. Uh, in terms of like what got polished, what got fixed, that, and it may end up like that wouldn't be a whole episode or something that no, will likely that might be, be a patron content. Yeah, or, so or right. basically the idea is the bulk of the content, the stuff you really need about the game, yeah. exists in the book. The setting, already. the settings, and the mechanics are still there. all right. So what do you guys want to talk about first? Because well, I, I have no fucking clue what changed between the stories. Well, I I'm well aware, so I'm going to go ahead and, and and talk a little bit about the setting, and y'all can talk about it too. Yeah, but I'm going to be talking about it from a broader perspective. Because obviously I led you chuckleheads through the biggest, like the biggest deep dive of first edition mm-hmm. uh, a couple episodes ago. So, um, the Trinity Continuum itself, the core book, uh, is has a very light sis- setting to it. There's not much to it. It's very much, it's sort of plug in your plug in 
modern day super science super spy crazy action game. crazy action mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Uh, they've got a lot of factions um, and like just some sprinkling of stuff that's happening in the world because the Trinity Continuum setting is the time period between adventure, which was the you know the pulp era fun times, and aberrant, which was modern superheroes. Um, so it's there's not a lot going on in the world. There's like some weird multiverse stuff happening, right? Uh, but it's very low key. It's a very low burn. There's like su- they got some super science stuff. So there's not really much to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because the there's setting. there's only like one type of super Sorry, yeah. running around. And that's quote talents. Yeah, yeah, talents. The, the talents. And the, you know they're they're just very lucky, very capable people. Right. Uh, as far as anyone else can they're tell, they're all they're action stars. All they're action stars. Every single one of them. So there's not a lot to talk about in terms of the setting for the training continuum. It's what's there is good. Um, it's just it's very much a toolkit. It is meant to be your D twenty modern. You know, yeah, it, it, we yeah. don't care pretty. It's up to you to figure out what why this what what you're going to do with all this here, stuff. Here, here's your here's your core rule book. This is what you need to just like the blue book from from uh, mm-hmm. uh, Onyx Path. Yeah, for the base human book. Like this is your basic stuff. So here, what I'm I'm hoping is that the adventure series that they're made that they made out of the stretch goals. I'm hoping that that'll give us a little bit more feel of what the world is, and and one day they might like do an expanded setting supplement. Yeah. for it. I would love to see that because honestly, it's a little bit it's a little bare. Like the detail that exists is all in the factions, mm-hmm. like the, the 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 players moving around. There's not a lot of what's happening. Uh, the setting of Aeon, however, very well fleshed out. Very very well fleshed out. Um, it is a absolute one hundred percent. It lives up to first edition mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how they brought it forward, what they sort of brought forward, and the way they developed. And updated things. Um, I don't have a lot of complaints from from the the old first edition Grognarder, um, but I do have a few things to say as, as that regard. I'm going to go ahead and get those out of the way. Uh, the first thing is sort of an overall, not so much critique, but a comment. Uh, they made the decision to change from how they presented the setting information from first edition to second edition. In first edition, all of the setting information was done in character, like it was all in voice. These were these were documents. These were you know um, POV. It was, P- all it was POV. all POV. It was all in setting information. Uh, whereas in second edition, it's mostly not. Like you get a few snippets here and there of in in play in, uh, information, but mostly it's you know third person omniscient, mm. um, and that's not a problem because the first edition stuff exists. The first edition, what it did better was it let you live in that setting. It showed you from the perspective of the inside of the setting what the world was like, what the how, how people lived their lives. It really immersed you in how that setting was as a setting. Yeah, well, one of the most important things that you you always have to ask yourself in setting material is like, all right, well, okay, that's cool. I know the power. Sh- I know the structure of the government. I know mm-hmm. how many fucking departments yeah. each the fucking judiciary has. What do I do? Like, who yeah, am I? Exactly. And that's it, the, well, that's it, the it important. It gave you a stuff. lot better idea of what it was to be a person in that setting. Uh, which I will basically what I will say is that if you are just picking up second edition and reading up. 
You're gonna get you're gonna get a lot out of that book, but you are not what you're not gonna get. You should read from first edition. You should absolutely go back and read any of the first edition materials that you want to learn more about because there's a there's a it's a it's a difference in depth. Yeah, it's a difference in, in depth and scale. Also, you get perspective. When you mm-hmm. get a POV content, you're like, okay, I understand if you know who the, who, mm-hmm. who's voicing that. You're like, oh, that's the voice of this type of thing. Mm-hmm. This faction, this group, this people, this entity. Yeah. You get that perspective when it's when it's third person, when it's just just mm-hmm. facts. Yeah. Basically, you don't get that, and therefore you don't have a relation of what do they actually sound like? What are they actually Absolutely. like emoting? So I don't I don't knock it for making that choice because it was a perfectly valid choice to make and we got you got a different perspective on the setting uh going in that format but you owe it to yourself to read the first edition material as much of it as you can the setting material specifically um because there is a there like i said there's just a quality of depth that you are missing out from the second edition information um the other stuff the, the one big nitpick that I have is I really don't like what they did with the Norsa. Um, they made some pretty fundamental changes in their history and mm-hmm. how, how they came about. Um, because in first edition, the Norsa had their start out as a drug cartel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, oh, yeah, we talked about this yeah, a little bit. Uh, they, they, they started off as a drug cartel that, that moved with the world and basically realized they basically went through a, a, a paradigm shift of if we continue being doing our business as you know mobsters we're not doing anything for our communities for ourselves we're just making the problem worse right and they worked to make the drugs safer and legal and just transitioned into a pharmaceutical company Mm. um that you know that then branched out and eventually became the side yeah because they saw that the world because this was during the aberrant war yeah which they go oh this is what like global catastrophic failure kind of starts mm-hmm. looking like we need to not be part of the problem yeah, anymore. Ex- exactly. Um, and in the second edition, they got their start as eco terrorists, which as choice. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm very much an environmentalist. I'm very concerned about the environment. Uh, so I have no problem with the eco part. I have a problem with the terrorist part. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I, I, this is, this is a matter of my personal morals. I'd rather you start off as a drug cartel than, than a terrorist organization. That, that just, that, I really like the Norsa in, in, in all throughout their incarnations. And that, I think, kind of taints them a little. Um, because, I mean, we... Also, they didn't, doesn't sound like they went through a reformation process. They did. They did go okay. through a reformation process. It wasn't, it was, it was a... They went from, you know, vi- violent extremists to, you know, more of a... Like, eco-terrorists, like, okay, me not having read them individually. Yeah. Like, eco-terrorists in what way, though? Like, did they blow up, did they blow up refineries? Or... They did some of that, too. They, 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 they were, they were, like, as good of an eco-terrorist group as you could get. Um, but still be labeled as a terrorist group? But still be labeled group. As, as a terrorist group. They did, they performed acts of terrorism. Not all of them were violent or destructive, but they did... They did push their agenda using violent and coercive means. Fair. Uh, and I'm sorry, I just that doesn't work for me. Like that doesn't work for me. Um, like I get that the drug cartels were bad, and they're terrible. They're terrible organizations, and they suck. 
but the way you they're saw, basically terrorist organizations yeah, onto yeah, themselves. Yeah, they, they are. They're, well, they're, they're criminal organizations. There's there's a difference. Uh, but uh, drug cartels not pushing an agenda. Yeah, exactly. Um, the way the way. Well, okay, that's true. <laughs> they're, they're, we don't need to have this particular discussion <laughs> about what the difference between ego terrorist organizations and drug cartels. But the way you solve the drug problem is by legalization, and that's how they solve that problem. And I find that far nobler than eco terrorism right and that's I, I, just a personal moral moral issue with myself i know I, i'm sure some people have a different view of it yeah probably some people look at it like oh you're you were former criminals that have gone legit well that didn't erase your criminal past right yeah. whereas um, eco terrorism like oh that's not good because it's terrorism yeah. but it's eco which is important and a very salient yeah, that thing in the i don't day. think the eco absolves the terrorist well no i it, you're absolutely correct, and anyone can just allowed to have their opinions about that. That do, so rewrite. that that kind of rubbed me a little wrong. But overall, the updates to the settings were all fantastic because I believe, as I mentioned previously, uh, both in our interview and in our deep dive, Aeon has always been ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Aeon has always been super inclusive, super diverse, uh, super ex- accepting of an expanded definition of humanity, uh, and that we all uniquely share in, but have our own unique slants on one of the things that i really like about it and this is like it's interesting to me that this is a white wolf property or it was a white wolf property Mm -hmm. because it's the most hopeful thing that i uh, that they have ever produced absolutely because if you've ever read a world of darkness book things don't seem very hopeful for the continuation of the world nope it's usually heading towards some some apocalypse and that including apocalypse indeed (laughs) And, and that actually leads into to sort of the other sort of big tone shift is that first edition Aeon was was very much a White Wolf product. Yes. And there were the like other White Wolf products, the shadows were a lot darker. The uh the conspiracies were a bit more sinister. Yeah. Um things are a lot more black and white in second edition. And that I understand why they did it. They they wanted to differentiate themselves Your heroes. From, yeah, yeah, they wanted to make it a more heroic game. Uh now that being said it's very hopeful. It's incredibly hopeful. Well, the original Aeon was also incredibly hopeful. It was just still... There were dark... What I got from it, from first edition, was there were a lot more conspiracies and thing wheels moving in the background mm-hmm. to sort of go, hey, the world's getting better, but there's still a dark history here, mm-hmm. and that's something that we won't escape overnight. Oh, and a lot of it... Uh, what I've got out of the... In my initial reading of the Aeon setting for second edition is, like, humanity bounces back. Like, that's... Yeah. That's always the, the, the end of the, any story. It's like, mm-hmm. but humanity bounces back, yep. and we're going to, and we keep, you know, reaching Absolutely. and moving. And so it's it's a change in tone. It's a very subtle change in tone. And, but it's definitely there. And it's definitely there. And once again, you can always go back to the material from first edition if you want to throw a little bit more of that darkness in there and make a few tweaks. Fill in some gaps, they, you know. Yeah, fill there, in some gaps. There is some hints at some of this conspiracy stuff still going on, mm-hmm. if you, especially if you read some of the factions. Yeah. Isn't, the uh, se- isn't there a setting secret section? There is, in fact, mm-hmm. a huge setting secret se- section. Which, actually, I applaud them, since this is more setting-related. I applaud them for putting that in the book and making it very plain language of, these are secrets of the setting. We, we didn't spell them out as much in first edition. We're spelling them out here. Here are some of the big undertones that if you want to put big secrets in your game, you're totally welcome yeah, to use Yeah, they, they basically condensed and remixed a lot of the stuff that got released over the run of Aeon, of, of, of Trinity, um, and, and really put, a, put it in a very clear, easy-to-digest faction of, like, 
Here's how. Here's the things that have happened. Here's the things that are happening. Here's the way things can go. And laid it out in a very good way, which is awesome for a storyteller, um, which I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm they, very, very definitely, on it. They definitely took from a setting perspective of here's where we were, here's where gaming is now, here's some of the best practices for helping the, the, the storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, they call them the story guy. Story guy, yeah. Book. Just help the story guy going... Here, here's a little bit of hand-holding for you, just in case, since you're so well, new to this type of setting material. Or you just don't want to fucking think about it, man. Yeah, you don't too. want your damn cork board out with your, yep. with your crazy people strings. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as, as someone who ran a first edition Aeon game, I had to get that cork board out and, and, and cobble together this, this setting and, and decide where I wanted to take it. And you can still do that. You can still take it in different directions. They give you all sorts of options for ways that you can take the story. They've made it abundantly clear that like part of the Trinity Continuum continuum is that there's multiple universe continuums. Yeah, absolutely. And anything that you say goes. So So it's you can like, you can you can fuck around as much as you want. R- rule rule zero, there's rule zero part two, and that is anything goes. Don't mm-hmm. worry about the setting too terribly much if you want to yeah, change stuff. Don't the book is not canon. That that's basically what they're saying. But going back to a previous point. Uh, about you know Aeon always being very forward thinking and very inclusive, they took those elements and really ran with them. Mm-hmm. They really, really expanded out like some of the some of the areas of the planet that didn't get a lot of love, like Africa, India, um, things that were very sort of loosely sketched out in first edition, got a lot of love in the setting. Yeah, I section. wasn't expecting to be able to say. What's going on in the former, you know, the Middle East right now, mm-hmm. like down to a specific country? Yeah. And I, when I was doing some research for Scott's game, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Holy shit!" They yeah, get they down go to into like it. they get down to the former Soviet states. Yeah. Like individually, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah, pretty they specific. A, they do a really good job, and not only that, not only the, the geopolitical geopolitical stuff, but they they take a very hopeful view of things like gay and trans issues oh yeah absolutely Uh, like they basically basically say that the current state of technology is that anyone can save up about a month's salary and get a and change themselves from a skinny black person to a you know rubenesque uh chinese woman like from a man to a woman you can change who you are physically we've unlocked some a lot of the tools that we wish we had now to Mm -hmm. uh, to allow people to be the people they they want to be. exactly they basically they basically validate and put a very hopeful uh picture on you know yes people are their identities that they choose or that they discover about themselves that may or may not match up with uh you know who who they were born as yeah and uh, you and know right now in the world like if you don't believe that that's cool you're a stupid yokel yeah but most of the world doesn't unfortunately feel that way quite yet this is a world in which you are considered a really stupid yokel if you, yeah, if you have problems with actually, that. Actually, that's an interesting point because something they brought up in your game at the very beginning is because Murphy's character is playing in Norsa. She's playing a biokinetic, um, which is interesting because you showcase the idea of how far that idea of what humanity means, that definition oh, yeah. is expanding. Because with, with, bio, with biotechnology, biokinetics... And all and on all the other and all the other super science. They she have has now. a liquor pouch in her yep. stomach. Yeah, mm-hmm. she has. There's hugely you start getting wildly non non strictly non human things going on, and at their core, they're still a human being. Yep. Um, well, they actually they go into that. There are places on the planet where biotechnology and psionic acceptance is at such high levels that you know people can play around with 
you know, all sorts of traits. They can add traits to themselves. It's very transmet. It's very yeah, transmetropolitan. Yeah. Brazil being, I believe, the... No, Brazil, Brazil is the... the Norsa headquarters. Yes, yeah. the Norsa headquarters, the beating heart of the transmu- transhumanist moment, uh, movement. And then on the reverse side, I actually like that there's a part of the world, uh, Nippon, because Japan mm-hmm. goes through a huge upheaval. This is the oh, same yeah. thing that happened in first and second edition. But they've gone into a lot of detail in yeah, second. They, they detailed it out a lot more. Well, they've detailed it a lot more, but keep in mind that there was, in fact, an Asia book. Yeah. Uh, that did go over a lot of this stuff. But so they, they drew very heavily from that right. Asia book. And they put um, all of it in the, what I like about this. In the core setting, yeah. Yeah, they put it right in the core book. So that's like, here's pretty much everything you need to if know. If you want street samurai, like, weeaboo slash fighting. Yeah, like, absolutely. You, you can, can do it. They, you're you ready to roll. It. Yeah, yeah. well, that's that's another thing that they've really brought forward uh, from first edition on, is that this is a very much a multi-genre sci-fi game. Like, you can, you can do, like, our current game is very much military sci-fi. It's very much Starship Troopers. Uh, you know, it's, it's you Starship know, Troopers meets Inglorious Bastards. Meets Inglorious Bastards. And we're having a fun time. And I we're, want my tentacles. Uh, we, we've gotten to the swing of it. I'm sure we'll go over it a little bit uh, after, we, especially when we talk about mechanics. Oh, yeah. We'll draw in a lot of Tucker's examples Tucker's tired. Uh, <laughs> He's tuckered uh, out. He's tuckered out. He's tuckered out. Because the idea of, uh, yeah, d- that there's just so much unique and interesting things you can do with this system. But and and because and the setting lets you be informed yep. by it. But you can not. You, I mean, that's not the limit of it. You can do cyberpunk. You can Absolutely. do space opera. Yeah, Nippon really lends itself to the cyberpunk thing oh, because yeah. they they really. Whereas the rest of the world is like psionics. They were like like cybernetics yeah. and yeah. Well, also well, and uh, um, the Americas are also very down on psionics. Uh, except they're when they're fascists. Need, except when they need them mm-hmm. to kill things for them. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, because the America has become cor- a corporate state, yeah. federated yeah, states so you of America. Yeah, you can do cyberpunk punk real good in Japan and cyberpunk real good in 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 America, which is uh, interesting. I like I like that mm-hmm. idea. And it's two or, different flavors of cyberpunk. Yeah, and, or if you want to play post-apocalyptic, there are areas oh, yeah. in almost all over the world that you want Florida. to play. Florida's bad. France is real bad. Yeah. The Midwest is real bad. Um, yeah, you can use post-apocalyptic. It, it's all available. And they've really ramped it up. They really played up that multi-genre. What I like also is the scale. They, because they've given you so much detail in the core book, you can hyper-focus on one little area, mm-hmm. expand it out to play, play around Absolutely. with galaxies. As I was writing Tucker's backstory about uh, about Operation Hidden Fortress, which mm-hmm. happened out in the Midwest, which was a big old... Uh, kind of what we're dealing with now is like old mm-hmm. Nova Age artifact, refined, mm-hmm. like place that got you know uncovered by a bunch of aberrant cultists. Goddamn Aberrant Cultists. And that was like where I met my people, and mm-hmm. we were the ones who made it out because, yeah. oh my god, things went terribly. It's like, I want to play that game. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of oh, cool. But now I am kind of yeah. playing that game. Uh, yeah, bit. Scott's recently pulled something out under uh, that I, I absolutely love because I, it felt very improv, but that's okay. I love it. It's it, that's, that, that's Oh, yeah, the, to you. the last half of that game was pure improv. Oh, I knew. I was like, this doesn't feel like Scott knew what was going to be here. Oh, he's putting. Some, oh, this is so much more interesting. <laughs> uh oh. <Yep. laughs> uh oh. Yeah, I know that. I I I kind of had. I expected the fight to last longer. Um, we really did too. Oh, we yeah. thought we had one plans. of us was going to get near iced, if we, not iced. We had plans, man. Uh, yeah, I think that's mostly due to the fact I I've I've rethought some of my mass combat rules. 
uh, and we'll go into that. Yeah, in a minute. We'll go into that probably not on mic, <laughs> uh, because that doesn't have any real relation to the book what, as what, itself. What they wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. Like, that's my general review of the setting. They've really spiced it up. They've really got it. Got it. Um, I just have to come back to I the I think it will be very much worth your money if you can get access yeah, to it. If, you, if you're remotely interested, do that. I think you can pre-order it through the Kickstarter page. I mean, you can just order the print book. It's, and I probably will. Yeah, you can I have it. the Continuum book coming, but I want the Aeon book. It's so good. Uh, but I but I really have to go back to that one last thing, is that the first edition material is all available. If you got it through the Kickstarter, that's fantastic. Um, but it really is... I think it's vital to understanding the soul of the game. Yeah, because that's really where the heart of it comes from. Anything that they have in second edition, no matter how much they've revised it, They've updated it. The core pieces, the skeleton, the backbone of it is in those first edition books. Because I swear, when you started lending me, this is mostly Aberrant, but Aeon too, you started lending me those books and I started reading those POV perspectives, that really starts making you dive into what the setting is. That's where the setting lives. And I'll point out that we probably, I mean, as it stands now, we Mm -hmm. may not have that much POV stuff, but... There might be more POV yeah. well, pieces. Yeah, well, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to the Aeon expansion, uh, which is going to have a lot of that information, but probably told in the third person viewpoint. But I'm cool. I'm cool with it. I, I really want to see how they update a lot of that stuff that didn't get fleshed out in the core. So I'm looking forward to it. But the first edition books, the setting sections, I, I will say as are a, vital as a nod to uh, fifth edition vampire. Uh, the first thirty fucking pages of that of that core oh, yeah. book are. POV letters, like That's in transcripts. Yeah. And actually, I just thought about this thought. Just, <laughs> that was clever of me, Matt. Uh, was the idea of... So, POV is very important for getting the setting, but it can turn people away from because it's a lot of dense read that you have not a lot of context for. You have to be willing to invest <laughs> yourself into it. Yeah. Right. Getting something that's third person, something that's a little bit Get, more detached, I, mm-hmm. I will take is the broad, easier to read. I'm the type of guy who prefers a broad stroke and you let me infer. Like that's, Fair enough. I prefer that a million times over. They're well, telling me how no, I feel. Yeah. It's a show don't tell sort of concept. Of less no, less is more type of idea. So the 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 well, here's the thing. Um, as a I'm not trying to counterpoint you. Well, yeah, sure. This is just my difference of opinion. I don't give a fuck what what some other character thinks. I can kind of infer what a what a guy on the ground can probably think based on the the broad strokes, and if I jock his entire this dude from one letter's entire opinion, I'm just jocking so, someone else's okay. opinion. So here's the thing: <laughs> like I don't want to give the give the wrong impression about the first edition books because it's not the majority of these things are basically you're reading you're reading articles, you're reading pieces of journalism. Journalism. You're not right. reading like stories. Gotcha. You're re- you're reading like. Journalism a chat couple conver- pa- a couple paragraphs in a chat log, yeah, or a chat log in a or an email oh, or I think, whatnot. I, I seem to remember there being tons of those little. There, things are, there are, but the first edition books, the settings were all that. Oh, okay. Like there was very little. It, I think maybe somewhat in the after you got through all that, there was maybe a couple pages, maybe well, ten there, pages. Yeah, there was some stuff that talked about the setting. Yeah, uh, but that was from you know the third I, person. I understand exactly why they went to the third person omniscient because what you just described me might be considered inaccessible it can be but it's like you get a sense of like what are like you you get to see their slang 
and their language that is important u- used as as they would actually See, talk about it. seeing the use, not just a glossary at the beginning yeah exactly which okay that i can say like learning how people of the time actually use mm-hmm. the because you know language is Mm-hmm. <laughs> language is very 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 morphic oh, and yeah, uh, it's going to be very different by then because my god how many new words have you learned this year i've learned a couple <laughs> uh, but you know yeah i could see how learning how they use like weird slang would be very important yeah and like you get to see you get to see the per- the different perspectives of you know different journalists different political figures different everything it really makes the setting live uh, and, and like i said your viewpoint perfectly valid Ryan's viewpoint perfectly valid because it just becomes from a different perspective. Are you someone who really likes that rich, rich setting, or do you need someone who doesn't understand that setting and needs a, a or, good entry point? As for a it? character, am I even supposed to know? Like, yeah, or yeah. understand? Well, that's that's the thing. Like all this stuff is, it was all publicly available information essentially. Right. Um. Uh, either it was basically a lot of it was presented as. You're a new scion. Here's the information about your world that you need to know. In order to not fuck your world up. Fuck your fuck your world up. Oh, here. Oh, by the way, here's your uh, uh, state mandated propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. And I. But here's the the biggest takeaway is that they complement one another. Mm-hmm. Like it's not an either or situation. Yeah, and, and here's that. That's the nice thing. And much like we've said so many times about people, you know, sucking on that nostalgia teeth. Hey, that shit you like still exists, man. It does. It absolutely still exists. Exist. It's Even easily if you accessible. Didn't get through, like Scott said, if you didn't get through the Kickstarter, it's on drive through RPG as PDFs. Yeah. They run sales all the time the, on that old stuff. The core book, at the very least, I think, the setting section, I really, really recommend as being given a read a read through. If you're if you're the if you're if you're the type of person who spends money on RPG stuff, this mm-hmm. might be worth your time if you're really into the setting. If yeah. you're gonna be running the game. If you're gonna be running the game, absolutely. If you're gonna if be playing the game, yeah. it's not vital. Yeah. Uh, but I mean maybe you want to pick up your first edition core uh, um, order book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because that also gives you a wealth of information. But I think uh, yeah, overall I give it a an A, you know, not an A plus uh, because there are not few, an A plus plus. Not because there are a few little nitpicks, and I've not mentioned all of my nitpicks because they are most of them are truly minor and like personal, super granular. Su- super granular. So I'm not going to go into them. Uh, Scott did not get to grind his SJW axe today, he and he not. wanted to. I, I wanted to a little bit, and, and and I have a very small SJW axe, but it's more of a it's more you know you it's know a when you get like a, it's a hatchet. Well, yeah. you know when you get one of those cheese plates and there's just a <laughs> tiny cleaver in it that that's really what his it's SJW. got it's engraved on the side. Yeah, it's more of a serving axe. But well, none none of my points about about Aeon. Uh, are on that scale of things. It's more about. It's just... more about the sort of the nitty gritty, and it is my nostalgia working against me. Because um, you really like those ideas. I really like the, the, the ideas, and I really liked how they were presented, and they present them in a slightly different way. And the nice thing about what they said is, if you don't like the new shit, use you the old use, shit. Use the old Who fucking shit. cares? Mishmash it together. Be be all cool about it. There's it's no official. Game. There's no official world here. And yep, absolutely, there isn't. So yeah, that's my take on it. I think it's like I said, it's a. That's not an A plus. But most of that plus can probably be given on a on a. It's a half plus. It's a half plus because, <laughs> we, because uh, of my own personal issues. Uh, but that's the general setting of it. It's um, fantastic. I, I, I believe I haven't read it obviously as much as you have, but I can probably generally agree with that overall grading of the setting because they're working with so much great 
juicy stuff that they had in first edition. There's very, it would be very hard for them to like, completely I like, replicate it. I like yeah. the versatility of it. I like that any anything. I like settings that do a very good job of being like whatever setting, whatever you want to run here, mm-hmm. you can run it. The machinery Man. is general enough to where you can run whatever game you want. I, I'll tell you, um, I really liked that they released it in the format they did because I can just plug it plug it into an app on my phone mm-hmm. that reads text from a PDF. Oh, and that's I, and I listened to it like an audiobook. Oh, and it was weird. great. Interesting. I I have to experiment with that. Yeah, that no. Be... Well, I bet the mechanic section get a little wonky. Oh there. yeah, that I had to, I had to kind of have the PDF open on my screen at the same time. Yeah, it's kind uh, of okay. Set, that makes. But the setting material was a delight to go through. But moving on yes. to the system. Um, obviously, I'm running the game, so I know a lot about the system. But these two are much more wonky about that. Yeah, thing. we care so, we're, so hard. We, yeah, about yeah it. we they care, care about so much more. But so I'm gonna let them talk. For okay. A bit. So this is not. Uh, this is not White Wolf. This uh, is not. No. This is now. I will say there is an attribute, and you add a skill to it usually. The, and D10s are the, used. And the, the D10s. The barest scraps of DNA are still in there. Um, the DNA is there. Like a lot of. I it's think a mutated lo- a lot. I think a lot of people generally agreed. At some point, I don't know when we all came to this, that dice pool in which you roll a single success is good enough. Yeah. Uh, I think that was what, with the Chronicles of Darkness, they made that decision. They've stuck with it in 5th edition Vampire. They have it in the story path system. If, yep. you, roll your, if you roll a single success on, in your dice pool, you get all your stuff. Now, the big, crazy, weird thing that this system does more than anything else is that the things that give bonus dice are almost non-existent. Yeah. That's, there's like maybe what, since we've been playing, we, there's been maybe one or two things that give bonus dice because it's all based on momentum. Um, Momentum is a, actually, thinking about it, about momentum's it. it. Momentum's yeah. it. I have one item, my, my psychokinetic gauntlet. Yeah, and gives, it's like a hyper-specific plus Yeah, one. like a really, really, really specific, well, like on uh, using uh, psychokinetic skills, you get a plus one to your die pools, but nothing else. Yeah, the biggest takeaway that i've gotten is it's as you said it's not white wolf this is a very much different than where it came from the target number of eight for most games is actually really rough i almost think it's a little too rough because even with five six dice you may get two three successes if you're really lucky the whole point of this system and when you come down to it is enhancement yeah enhancement is the core thing where if it is free successes. Enhanced, enhancement is just if you roll a single success in your dice pool, you get all your enhancement for whatever yeah. the fuck it is you're doing. Yeah, we actually we, we had to correct ourselves mid-play Because we didn't that. realize. But now it makes the system make a lot more sense when you do it that way. Yeah. Which makes certain things like increased difficulties, complications, like all sorts of stuff. The dice pools are basically static. The amount of enhancement is wildly all over the place. Um, The only kicker other than... So... An old system, you had willpower that lets you sort of hedge your bets against failure, right? In this system, if you don't have momentum, which is a group thing, you don't have anything to try to hedge your bets. So if you're running, you're rolling something you're not good at, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to do that well at it. Yeah, fa- failure is actually pretty rare. But the thing is, the whole point of the system and one of the most important things they do about it, doing it is they've made it very clear that if you're smart, you should never have to roll a dice pool that is bad for you. You should always be able to sell it. You should always be leaning into your strengths. Well, you should lean into your strength. You should sell the attribute because no no action 
for the most part, has a set attribute that it goes with. The days of, like, this is dexterity plus athletics. That there is, is no, like I said, there's no god stat. You remember how dex used to be in White Wolf? Oh, yeah. Well, used you, to be the, the king combat stat? Right, it's not anymore. You can, if you're clever and word it right, your story guide may cotton to, well, you can do an intelligence plus athletics check here mm-hmm. or something like that where you can basically get any attribute. And then there's skill tricks, which are the weird superpowers that are more lean towards talents mm-hmm. than anything else. Yes. But scions can do them. But scions well. can do them too. We yeah. just don't focus on them because we're, you know, super people. Yeah, yeah we uh, have they, other ba- so, abilities. So, some of them have been super useful. They just, they just and I will say to the credit of the, to the of balance, like those skill tricks sometimes can just pull off things that they fiat away certain things that you uh, just can't I, do. I'll be very good. There's one in aim that I think is overpowered. Straight up, it's the oh, did I did I hit you and I do damage? You're removed from the combat. You're straight take, up, you're take, taken out. Yeah, you're taken out. You're taken out of the combat. You're not dead, but I just take you out of the combat. Which, technically, by the rules, you, I can do to a really big bad. Yeah, I mean, I I don't blame you for mm-hmm. going. Screw that noise. I don't blame you for protecting well, those. I didn't. Well, it, it depends. I mean, it's it's along the lines of uh, um, that's that's a situation where I would basically say, uh, you know, spend corruption to just up the defense. Yeah. I'd be like, no, nah, you didn't hit him. Yeah. Um, or Sorry. It's a yeah. little bit. And of course, we don't necessarily have that option if it's say. Yeah. Stuff that doesn't have weird break reality breaking reality breaking powers. But you can do. You can still say no. That's the boss. Stop. You're not. Yeah. Do, you're not doing that. Yeah. Duh. You're not getting away with I, that. I'm a reasonable player, and Scott's like, a reasonable. Something. Genius. Something bad happens that, to him. Yeah. That works on mooks. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good to. It's re- great on mooks. That's good to lessen the number of mooks. That one inopportune mook up there. He isn't a problem anymore. Yeah. Um. And so I think there. So that gets me back to. I think I'm starting to get into my nitpicks of the system. Is. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of things to hedge your bets if you're not good at something. But as Ryan said. You should be leaning into your strengths. Mm-hmm. I think what what grind, grinds me a little bit on the system is there's a kind of a lot to keep track of yeah. because of the different sources of enhancement, how um, rolling for defense, what your current defense is. Mm-hmm. That's a little tedious because you can get bonuses to your defense and armor, soft and hard armor, and, and a dozen different ways. So I think probably our biggest takeaway comment about this setting and uh, the system. Um, is that what you should do when you're playing a character in this system is you should have a cheat sheet, either like note cards or a, or a sheet that details out every specific thing that your character can and do. And I've done it. I mean, here's the thing. I was able to water down my, all my mechanics. Uh, I'll get into that in a minute, about, <laughs> about watering down like what actually works as versus yeah. how much they write about it. Um <laughs> I was able to water down all my mechanics into about a page, yeah. and two pages. But with the combination of like your various sources of enhancement, right? Uh, your weapon and armor tags. Yep. There's a lot of fiddly bits in yeah, the weapon. The, oh, and the, oh, the weapon and armor oh my tags. God. The weapon tags watered down to a single line each. Mm-hmm. Take up an entire eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper, single spaced. Yeah. So you really need to break down what your character has available to them or what you even give a shit about or what you give a shit about and have that information at the ready when you're playing um, because this is it's n- a lot to keep in your it's head it's lesson to okay so something i learned from dragon con is there's a lot of people who play dandy i mean 
it's becoming the majority of how people are playing games. It's nowadays. always has been. Yeah, it's just oh, it's it's so much bigger now. Yeah, but it's so much bigger because there's so many more players. But D and D is how they're getting it. But that's a whole another conversation. Mm-hmm. But the idea of D and D, especially fit that, is designed to be intuitive. It's designed to be very simple. All I need is a piece of paper with my character uh, sheet. I, I rewrote, don't need a lot of detail. I rewrote my level one character today five times because of how many times I fucked up storing it somewhere. <laughs> I've had it. I had it in my head because I can. Right. I know what a level one fighter looks like. It's. I yeah. don't even need. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot more packs. moving pieces. This is not. A, this is a less intuitive system. It, I would say it's not the best sort of intro to gaming. No. No. I'll um, give. I'll give you that. It's not the best to intro someone it's to roleplay. However, if they got at least a little bit of experience under their belt and you're willing to walk through them with it, I mean, it's not here, bad. here's the, the here's the meat and potatoes of it, guys. It's a reverse onslaught system. Every time you get attacked, your defense goes up. That number stays the same until it, your next turn. So that's important. Your defense is the number of successes they need to actually hit you. Yep. Then you have your soft armor valley, which is the number they need to actually do a wound do on. hurt, and then you can and, do so much with and successes. The, and then there's a hard armor. That is extra health. Yeah. Covers extra health. And um, and that's also the where the fiddly bit came in. When you're like, okay, I hit you, but I can't hurt you. But let me do these other things. Let me spin these successes into other things that I can do in the system. And that's where Complica- things complications is really... Complications. And other maneuvers. Yeah, and other maneuvers. You have a list of maneuvers that you can do. You have some general... You have some general... Uh, notes about what you can do. You can knock a motherfucker over. You can push him around. You can throw him around. You can grapple him without hurting him. Really, it's, it's the system exists, especially the combat system, exists to create cinematic combat scenes. Right, yeah, and you I'm were a, all action. Heroes. I'm a just about to get to that because we found out like pretty early on. We're we're not weak characters at all in mm-hmm. Scott's game. I at one point generated an attack that had about 30 levels of success on it. 30 mm-hmm. successes in it, which mm-hmm. uh, uh, I didn't know we were playing Exalted, but by Cracky, we were in that moment. We didn't roll that many dice. But thankfully. I just happened to create a situation in which I had enough, like, my successes just ended out at a pool of 30. It took about four of those to hurt him, hurt the target, mm-hmm. literally as much as I can legally within the system hurt mm-hmm. them. Because that's that's the thing, is that Depending on a number of factors, you can only do so much damage to a target in a single action. Which yeah. is actually where mooks become a very, very painful thing to have to deal with because, like, the more health levels you're putting on, mm-hmm. in that the in longer that, this fight, the, the fight's be. gonna go because there's just how limit you can you can hurt them twice. There's there's well. very little ways in this system to insta kill something. Just remove it as a threat from the situation. There's a couple powers. There's a couple skill tricks. But those are very mo- those are very specific. So the uh, the question you have to ask yourself is, what do I do with that other twenty six dice or that other twenty six successes? Now, you can if you want. There are three things that we only found out about later. It's in the Trinity Continuum book, actually not covered in the Aeon book. Are there's the three baseline stunts mm-hmm. you can do with your extra shit. You can either hand them off to the next guy to use it with it specifically though. You they mm-hmm. have to use a different skill than the one you just used. You can set your defense to that that mm-hmm. insane value, or you can create a complication for someone else. Mm-hmm. Which the complication a complication doesn't always complications are super GM fiati in terms of what happens if they don't buy them off. But mm-hmm. if you don't buy them off, you don't have to buy them off to succeed at what you're doing. But if you don't buy them off, something, something happens. Something happens. X happens. 
So I could have made a 26 die complication on that guy onto some other thing mm-hmm. where they were never going to succeed at it. But really what they want, what I got out of this is they want you to cinematically describe how you pass the baton to the next guy who's acting in the turn. Mm-hmm. They want you to explain how you either make yourself with your 26 dice mm-hmm. or 26 successes, basically make it so no one's hurting you mm-hmm. or how you're helping your friend do whatever it is they're about to do. Or what you were doing to screw up the other guy. And they want you to describe all this. And that's yeah. really it. And that is very much mechanics informing play style, which mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I generally am for. Oh, yeah. But it got, until we figured that bit out, I mean, yeah. it, it, admittedly, though, like all the shifting numbers of like, it gets a little unwieldy. <laughs> it's a, it's it a little be. tedious. It's a little tedious. Take, it's a kind of starting to feel a little bit, and I do mean a little bit, like Exalted in some of its modularity what do you do with this modifier and that these dice and those and i have to keep like four or five numbers i have to write stuff on my character sheet to track all my shit because there's no way you're very few people will be able to track everything they they also need a better character sheet the character sheet that they give for like your for combat stuff does Mm -hmm. not adequately equipment doesn't adequately cover what you need to record also, that stuff. And that's not we haven't even gotten into the actual like scion powers. Ooh, yeah. Each mode, each yeah, if I'm it, no, each aptitude. Woo, very different from the next. It mechanically works the same way. Now, mm-hmm. what 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 is but brilliant? But you get different abilities. What is brilliant about the the scion like the psionics are actually in my opinion kind of brilliant in terms of how they mechanized it because really all the values that flow through the whole system at a scion of X level has a range of this, a time of that. Like you have some certain things, you have X numbers that are associated with you, and the powers use those values. They don't do anything specific. It's like, oh, you have this. It is your duration times your times yeah. your psi yeah. rating. And, and, they generalized and those, a static value. And those and those values, even though they are modular and how you can come about them, stay the same for your character until you spend XP. Yeah, like I don't mind Chi-Chi, I just made a quick line with all of my, what's my attunement range, what's, how much quantum do, what, not quantum, <laughs> uh, how much psi do I have, and like, in my durations and everything. One line on my, actually I think that needs, actually that should absolutely be on the character sheet. Mm-hmm. Just one line well, with those, va- with those keep things. Keep in mind, I think at least one of the character sheets that they, that they provide are, was a fan done one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they had another one that they used in playtesting. Now. But that's one of those things that that's definitely coming in, in the oh, final product. I want to point something out. Sorry for interrupting. Um, I know we sort of were grinding the gears of the system a little bit, and it sounds like we're being negative. We actually really like the system. We're having we, fun with it a lot. We're having yeah. fun with it. It's very evocative, but it is a lot to handle, and there are some things that definitely need some clarification yeah, it, it's definitely and not, some smoothing out. I wouldn't say pros only. I would say that anyone who has an intermediate Mm-hmm. anyone who has an intermediate understanding or literally anyone who's ever played Exalted ever will mm-hmm. be, be like, oh, this is a fucking vacation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, it's it's not your first rodeo, but if you've been to one rodeo... You you know what that bull looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how the bull bucks. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, that's, I think, get it, having a cheat sheet, knowing exactly what your character is capable of... You ha- it's one of those where you have to. You, you have, have to, to know. do it. Um, now, one of my big things is, as the person who made his cheat sheet first, I was the one who made our general cheat sheet with the base rules. No good, problem, uh, good idea, by the way. No problem there. But when I was going into my own, my own powers, like my own psychokinesis powers, um, 
the system blocks for the uh, mechanics are too fucking wordy. I shouldn't have to re- like have a hard time sussing out what a power does. Like it takes a long time for some. I boiled two paragraphs down to one line. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like okay, it literally just does this. It is this is what this one line is what it actually it, because does. Because you get like a paragraph or two of fluff. This is what the power description. Then it goes into system, which is another two another two paragraphs sometimes of explaining how the power works. And it's not fluff; it's actual explanation. Which some of them it's necessary. Sometimes it's most, very in, much not. In psychokinesis, my friend, it is not necessary. Especially parakinesis, which is the shielding powers. It's like, yeah, this one gives you extra hard armor at your mode. It's free, or you can spend one to do it reflexively. Period. Yeah, that's two sentences. Uh, the next power, yeah, that, but it works on non-kinetic damage. Yeah, like literally the, the third one. Also that, but now you can uh, make tools and do weird I, stuff uh, with it. Something I applaud to D and D Fifth Ed that I I want to emulate is sometimes like feats and powers and little effects are two sentences. They are two sentence effects. They they pivot the system minutely it and bam it, you are off to the races my god like it made me understand like why fifth edition is is king because it's like reading that it's like i was the person who turned like my the psychokinesis rules yeah into a dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. like class so right. like, <laughs> it's like you get this much enhancement and you it, do this it, thing it uses these ranges it uses your range it does this yeah one of them is literally like the the final power hellscape is like literally like yeah, all that shit you can do it now affects everyone in your range. I don't know why you needed two paragraphs to tell me that, but that's all it does, guys. Uh, my my issue, my story behind looking at my powers because I'm playing the, the Claire Sentient. Oh boy, you need some explanation for some of those powers. And one actually one of the worst like biggest sins that I came across was some of the powers are like I I went over the teleportation powers and their their first power is like oh yeah you can see everything around you you have three hundred sixty they explain it three hundred sixty degree awareness around you none of the clairsentient powers they do that but they don't word it like that they don't word and it's very hard yeah, the, to the, go the powers that do that are worded they they work they slant their wordings towards you can look at other star systems right but they sort of you can also do that to your immediate vicinity yeah it's like. Uh, like some of the powers, right? Like the Clairsentience is like you know you if you've seen it, you know exactly where it is and how far and what direction it is. Like immediately, it's like the level one power. But they don't explain like how you know the things around you yeah. and what you're really. And like, I would think for the first power, first or second power, of the Clairsentience package should be yeah. You can you you have 360 degree awareness because you're you literally see all of reality around Which you. Which makes you think that maybe they should have just a, a word for that. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> or just a keyword that says like, no, you have that. Like that's what that it's is. it's 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 the wordiness, and I understand why they're trying to over-explain. They're trying to say, hey, this power does a lot more than you think it does. It's a lot more utility in there. Also, they're trying to evoke the feel of the power to you. They are, and in both the save both that the, for the both fluff. the setting and the system. But I can agree with why it's a little bit over. No, overwrought. if you if you I do not mind if you if under the heading of that power you have three paragraphs explaining how fucking cool that power is and all the weird, crazy stuff that anyone who's ever had it has done with it. But at the end of the day, you should be able to explain it in two sentences as to what it does mechanically. Yeah. Um, your shit, your shit's a little different as a psychokinetic. 
Like yeah, the the bare bones physical well, power should yeah, be pretty. Yeah, you're, you're pretty meat and potatoes, right? Um, which makes it a, even more crazy that yeah. I've had to like go through and just like really pick that it apart. Being said, I love the powers that they've figured out oh, for I, Claire Sanchez. I, oh, don't get me wrong, I fucking love. I have uh, the big ba- big fight that we had recently in the in the in the play, which you should become a patron and listen to, is. I was like, I didn't pull half my stuff out. I was, I was like rubbing my hands together, waiting because, and then, well, something very unexpected happened. Yeah, that was mostly <laughs> my fault, uh, and I'm gonna be making some tweaks to, to not <laughs> have that happen again. Ooh, if you have infinite dudes. Don't feel bad. I have yet. infinite dudes. I do not. I do not feel bad. <laughs> I, I, I do not feel bad that the guy died. I felt that it wasn't as cool of a fight as it right, could have been. Right. We I, all looked at Linda like. Really? I was revving up to do a thing. You were. Well. You I were. was revving up to do something. You, we first turn. We saw those those gears starting. I, to I basically move. had to make the distinctions. Like, okay, they just killed the they just killed the interesting dude in this fight. The rest are just mooks, and they fought these types of mooks before. And you've already, as patrons, have heard us fight yeah. these types of mooks. And so I, I was we like, moved on. Yeah, let's let's move on. Let's just move on. <laughs> let's just, let's just we went going. to a far more interesting situation immediately after that. Well, but, that's the that, that's the mechanic that like we didn't talk about yet really matters a lot here is scale like everyone scale scale matters and scale is what allow if you ever want to do more than just the regular amount of damage that you ever want to do to a guy you scale up linda just happened to have a power or an ability a skill Skill trick trick. Mm -hmm. specifically that let her scale up and then because of the weapons they were using they were using heavy weapons it scaled up again so they were two scales over him, therefore they could do more damage to him. And there, and because she rolled eighteen, well, technically she didn't roll anything. She got fifteen. One, it was in the end of the day with all her enhancement. It's it was fifteen. Fi- it was fifteen successes. So she was able to hurt the living shit out of that guy because his defense just wasn't high enough. And she just bought it and pasted him. Yeah, and and I even boosted his defense. And yeah, using corruption, he made the defense higher, and it still wasn't enough. She just popped him off, and everyone's like, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> and, but then we were also like, well, that's why you have a heavy weapons team firing direct point yeah, blank. That's why and you a have, goddamn aberrant. That's You're why like, you have two guys with fucking repeating coil guns <laughs> and rail guns. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's just done. He's, he's finished. That's OK. The now, bigger guys. That's probably not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, now you're going to be dealing with dudes that have native native uh, scale to them. Yes. And target number seven. Uh, and that's actually a good thing for NPCs. The NPC stats, and you can talk about this, Scott, mm-hmm. is the NPC traits and stats and all that, as complicated as the players are, they're much simpler for oh, the yeah. NPCs. NPC stats are very simple. They're stat blocks. They're, they're, they're the way they should be. Uh, I, I, they're not I have, people. I have, I have fully converted over to the ethos that NPCs function fundamentally different from PCs. Because it's just simpler that way. Because they're fucking NPCs. Because they're fucking NPCs, and they you need just, to abstract a lot more. They're, out. they're they're abstracted out. Um, aberrants are very interesting. They have a lot of tricks that they can pull. I am very much looking forward once again to the Aeon expansion. It's gonna have a shit ton more aberrant information in it, uh, both setting and system. Um, but what we have in the core book is pretty nasty. Um, yeah, and I so far have appreciated how the NPCs that we fought against how they're built out and how and also what's cool is momentum's neat we haven't played a lot with it because of how we you don't how get it is, very often yeah because we don't fail because in the system if you roll at least one success you have well you haven't succeeded it depends on the difficulty i guess but generally we've gotten enough successes with enhancement to succeed where but what scott has is he's got red chips on there 
which I de- definitely recommend chips using chips, chips for everything. Great. Yeah. Because he's got a stack of red corruption chips, and I'm just looking at that stack, and he's what? like, When's he, gonna he use puts it? his hand over, and I'm like, Oh, oh no. boy! Something's <laughs> oh, about to get interesting. And he oh, like starts spinning this corruption that lets him do weird and unexpected and reactionary things, which pivots the combat. Uh, all the things that really pivot combat, and I think that we 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 haven't talked we haven't talked about yet, is the psionic link ability, which is your super oh, sentai. Oh, that is super the... sentai action go powers. <laughs> that's the real. That's that's where things get really wacky. That's how you solve problems. Like that is your problem. Like we won the fight against we, we started the fight against that aberrant that we were talking about that got popped off of the rail guns well before we were ever within five miles of him. Yep. Because you see Matt when Matt and I link up, he can basically target me anywhere and I can use my weird crazy fireball powers at anywhere a at, at an insane distance. Yeah, the link up power lets Scions basically use their powers and based on who they're linking up with, they get very potent uh, very specific uh, bonuses. Yeah, very specific bonuses to each other. Like I'm a clear sentient. I have range on my side. So if I if they link with me, I give them a crap ton of range. So he can nuke some, like melt someone or a building in this case from half the planet over. Like just I I see him. I tell him where it is. He now can see it and do something. Now and it's Pompeii, are, bitch. They are very very smart to only allow that within your primary aptitude. Yes, because auxiliary modes. Holy yeah. crap. That would, even even the level one dots are ridiculous. Like yep. if 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 you pair them up with another aptitude, like I've got two people with quantikinesis in my in in my roster here, and I thank God that they can't pair up with my clairsentient. Yeah, because if we could, then it, then it would just be all like and, map he, of, and here's the planet. This well, is well, where they all that, are. We, what we would end up being if they could do that, we would always be a hive mind forever. Mm-hmm. And we would never well, not link up, ex- and we would tack nuke everything around us. Well, from half expensive. the planet, away. it would be expensive. It's as expensive. Hell. It's it's an expensive mm-hmm. proposition, and Which, also and it, well, corru- corruption doesn't sometimes says no. Yeah, yep. Uh, and well, that feeds into the 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 setting of why it was so goddamn dumb for them to have killed the quantum kinetics. Yes, because, because the quantum kinetics uh, link ability. Is the most potent now that we see how the system works. No, it's is not the even, most potent. It's not even that. It's, it's just, just the ability to link up, like the oh, ability yeah. to combine quantikinesis with clairsentience. Yes, yes, yes. And 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 then psychokinesis. You, you can do a planet scan essentially yeah. for any aberrants. Like mm-hmm. basically the level one, just because you're a quantikinetic power, because every aptitude has some powers that you just have. They're like, innate, built. They're in. generally free. They're uh, free powers. You can just do them. Um, and the quantikinesis one is just like, hey, where's some corrupted shit around here? What's all the psionic bullshit that's happened here? And I mean all of it. Like, oh, are you a guy? Like, are mm-hmm. you a psionic guy? I know you. I know who you are and what you're capable of. And on top of that, as another base power that's also free, you can be like, hey, I'm not that guy. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, hiding. I, I can, just, like, you can shut down your um, energy Actually, they, they were very, very smart from a mechanical and scientific perspective because we talked about this off mic before is when the quantum kinetics went away, they got exterminated. We all read the, the, the built-in quantum kinetic power of, oh, I can make myself look like a baseline person. I'm like, oh, they're not dead. They're not dead at well, all. And that's, that's, that's one of the big things from the, the system, the setting, uh, from 1E to this one, because we never got jack shit about the quantum kinetics. No, we did not. In first e. We got hints and scraps of information here and then. A sentence here and, and then. And then when we got to the setting secrets chapter... 
I I honestly don't know how much of that stuff was supposed to be in one e, but I get the impression that they expanded the role of quantum kinetics in a lar- to a large scale. No, and I'm I'm a thousand percent behind that. I remember when the when the Kickstarter was starting, people were like, somebody asked a question, "Will quantum kinesis be in the book?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Yes, it's in the core book." And they're all everyone was like, "What? Whoa. What? You, it's you, very strong." It's very good. It's it's not well, overly overly well, powerful for what compared we would to be doing else. right now for this campaign. I would not have said oh, that's no, unfair. God, no. if, if Scott had been like, "No quantokinesis. Yeah, too good. Sorry. Yeah, too good. It, it it it. But they did it right by making some one of the wackiest powers. So we never got an official quantokinetic mode uh, aptitude in. We got a the, fan we one. Got didn't the we? level. We got a fan one, but we also got the level one powers in the player's guide. Right. But that that's cool. That means you can extrapolate a few things. But this is the full aptitude that we got. And it showcased, okay, this is sort of what the sort of the meta plot sort of hinges around. Because they're able to do things that really the science are not supposed to be able to do. I, you're, you look a lot like a materials mage. Kind of, yeah. The ma- from yeah. the mage system. Oh, yeah. Because they're, like the first level abilities are like, touch a thing. You know everything about it. Like, everything it's made out or of. Or convert it to, take this thing and convert it to another thing instantly. Converting energy. Alchemy crap. Can, you can, guys, you can turn lasers into gravity. Think about that for a second. You can just be like, ah, I'm on fire, now it's gravity. Everything's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I can do, that's the power I chose. Oh, I, I'm on fire, now it's light. It's very bright now. I've turned bright. all that Don't energy into light now. Yeah, it's really cool. And, well, I mean, it, it makes the notion of a quantum kinetics game. Of like a, a chibs on the run game. Oh, I'm I, I want to be that game because that sounds super fun. Like you could also, you, I mean, you could have like one or two quantum kinetics and like a couple of other aptitudes who are like who who are helping them or whatnot, and just be like a super like that's your X Men game. Well, that's that's your that's your world that hates and fears you game, and that and, and that's good because you need the world that hates and fears you for that case because mm-hmm. the link abilities would be so. Oh my god insane like it's like no you can't just actually you know what i say for uh, that game you do quantic you do like one or two quantic connects you got one normal guy and then you got your syad because they are coming out with syad oh, rules yeah, and, syad and you get one guy who's a syad who's like yeah i can do what you guys do naturally i can't do it as good as you guys can because we don't have the rules yet but i do it differently than you guys and i'm like mm-hmm. that that's that's your misfits game that's the game of that of, would be of, cool of Lost oh and you toys. have like you have a talent in there as well. yeah you get a oh that'd be oh that's perfect sorry we're workshopping our next game right now <laughs> you know i will say i've got this game and i've got the game that i'm gonna run yeah i wouldn't say no to playing one matthew oh god damn it i i will i have put the thought in and this is, we're we're kind of getting off topic which means we're probably going to close out very shortly but i have been thinking about like Okay, Scott's run a game. James ran a game. I need to start thinking about the game I'm going to try to run for you guys. Yeah. I got a couple ideas in my head. You can run Vampire for us. Uh, I, was thinking, I could do Vampire. I was also thinking maybe a low level Wrath and Glory game once I get the book. That'd be cool too. I'm glad, like a, I'm, like I'm a, glad my position is well known here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll do it eventually, but not anytime soon. Well, we'll have you run something short. Short and easy. That's good for you. <laughs> have us, dude, run Never Never After for I, us. I could, I you could, could, I could run Never After. Yeah, um, you could run Never After. Uh, I've, I, I know that system probably the second best out of anyone <laughs> on, in the world. So yeah, I wouldn't say no to a Never After game, man. Yeah, it's it's wacky enough that it could be it would be a lot of fun. You could do a short, 
you know, I, five, to, six game run. I would need to go ask the permission of the creator. That's true. That's, That's true. Uh, but I could, but we'll talk about it. more of that in, Af- in uh, patron-only content. So I'm going to close out the show. I think overall, we really are digging the system, digging the setting. I walk away from every game we play not wanting to have stopped playing the game. So mm-hmm. that's that's a good Progress. sign. That is a good sign. Um, I agree. It's not, it's not poorly put together. It's not ill thought out. I think I will absolutely adore seeing the PDF when it's fully laid out. I'm hoping they'll clarify a few things. I'm hoping yeah. that they'll make some updates. Well, ho- I well, I'm I'm hoping. Well, I don't know if they're um if they're ever going to open the floor to like official feedback. Um, because I think they're pretty much done with the book. Yeah, uh, like, I think they are. At least a, we like don't a, know what the editors did between. We don't know what the, we do not know what the editors did. I'm hoping that they. I I never saw anything about them opening like official like feedback. They should have. I agree. honestly think well, they, they should have. You could have found a lot. You probably could have found a lot of like little weird weirdnesses and because we ourselves found some inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean well, that stuff about the um the 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 three general stunts that you can do. Right. That I don't think that's that's not in the Scion in the Scion book. Oh yeah, yeah that's one thing. You need both books, by the way. Yeah, you, you absolutely need... need both books because the one one holds the rules for all the other everything else in the other one. That's why in the Aeon book, there's so much more room for setting, setting and stuff. Yeah. They don't need to repeat the themselves. Con- the Trinity Continuum book is very much a core book. Yeah, it is necessary to running any of the other games in the setting. Um, that's why it's very light on yeah. setting. Core book, setting book. That's mm-hmm. basically Absolutely. what it is. Um, but no, overall, it's fantastic. I can't wait to see the finished product. I can't wait to see the Aeon expansion. I can't wait to see the uh, the the new book that, that Eddie talked to us about in his interview. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, space book, basically. Yeah. And which is going to have alien information, Neat. like how to play aliens. I am down for all of it. It's a fantastic book. Bad five game. Bad, Bad one. five game. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You could just do with that alien do, book. You could yeah, do a bad probably five. Probably do, do bad five. But <laughs> yeah, um, nitpicks aside, which most of those are personal, um, I I give it my Aeon Super Fan Seal of, of approval. Yeah, that's high praise. It and absolutely I'm, is. And I'm new to the thing, and I really like it. So that's yeah, cool I, I really do. It, but I, I'll be honest before we get out of here. I'm looking for the average Kickstarter. Oh, we, oh, we all are. It's so good. Don't, don't worry. I mean, we 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 know it's coming. We've talked. We've. Yeah, I know. We, we, talk, we, we accidentally our, talked to the guy we signing it. into talking to the guy designing it. Derp. <laughs> and on that note, thank you everyone for listening. Also, if you heard us from DragonCon, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We had a great time going out there. Oh, yeah. We hope like to be big, uh, back again next year. Whoa. I will certainly have spammed this link to the to the Aeon Discord, the Trinity Discord. Spam that link. Yep. Uh, so, hello to all of you if you're listening. Yeah. Please, please. Uh, we want to grow this audience, and we can only do it with your help. So please let people know. Get them on board the Polyhedron train. So from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to give feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivisMolcav. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. You want to spell it? R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys.
Kyle betrayed me and then he lied, tried to hide, and I died deep inside, and you know the reason why. I'm gonna kick your ass from here, here to right over there. Oh, oh yeah, motherfuckers, I'm gonna, gonna kick, kick your fucking dairy, yeah, yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah. You broke the rules, now I pull out all your pubic hairs. You motherfuckers. <laughs>